This Jim McMahon edition of the Sports Gambling Podcast is presented by MyBookie.ag. The UFC is back, international soccer is back, golf is back, and the NBA return is coming. Use the promo code SGP for up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets. That's MyBookie.ag promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you by our SGPN College Football Tournament. We're simulating a real college football playoff that you can bet on. Every Saturday and Sunday night in June, just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash CFT for all the details at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash CFT. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Bespoke Post. Each month, you'll get a box of awesome filled with seventy dollars worth of gear for only forty-five bucks. Skip any month you want and cancel any time. Get twenty percent off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code SGP at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com code SGP for twenty percent off your first box. Finally, we're brought to you by Cushy Dreams. Cushy Dreams is a new CBD company with a full line of premium smokable CBD now shipping legally to all 50 States. And if you use the promo code SGP, you get 15% off. That's K U S H Y dreams.com promo code S G P. You're listening to the sports gambling podcast exclusively on SGPN. Let it ride. Ooh, welcome everyone to the sports gambling podcast. I'm Sean stacking that money green with my partner in picks, Ryan, real money Kramer. What's happening, Kramer? Just working hard, you know, working hard. We're While cr- most of the world is hardly working right now. Exactly. Everyone's still on shutdown. Although uh, Los Angeles is open. The country is open. Joining us in studio, Colby Dan, AKA the Dan to base. What's happening, Colby? Dude, I was gonna bring the headband and I was gonna write Kramer and Green on the on the headband, you know. But I, I, I and I, I, I've got the Super Bowl shuffled down. I've been rehearsing. Are you time you know? traveling? Yes, <laughs> Colby, of course, is alluding to our guest today, Jim McMahon, the legendary Jimmy Mac. Uh, great interview. And how and did we screw that up and not all wear headbands? Yeah, I that would have been awesome. I know. That's next yeah. level. Yeah, next he'll be back. It's and we'll rare, just it, he'll be back. It's He's, a rare three hat day. though. <laughs> We got the tri hat look going on. Of course, check us out. Let's cross streams. Guys. We're back doing uh in studio video. Check us out. YouTube.com slash sports gambling podcast. And we got an amazing, uh, not only are we cranking out all this content, just put out the Don BB podcast. That was awesome. Don BB, of course, legend super bowl champ receiver. And uh, that was great. And we Kramer and I just did our uh, NFL season long prop bet podcast. So many locks in there. So many locks back to back episodes with super bowl champs. It's really awesome. And if that wasn't enough, we just announced and we're just finishing up the first weekend of our college football tournament, the SGPN college football tournament. 
every Saturday and Sunday night. We're doing simulated college football games that you can bet on. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash CFT for all the info, how to bet, where to bet, roster info, that kind of data. Saturday and Sunday, we're doing the college games. Thursday and Friday, we're doing the Madden games. It's Jumbo June. Tons of simulated content. And maybe we'll find the the non-simulated content just as strong. UFC happening, NASCAR happening, KBO. All the content over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com for all the picks you want to make over at mybookie.ag. It's uh it's really just awesome, man. It's it's been a great great stretch run here where everyone's like whining and moaning about sports being over and done. We're finding a way DJ nation stand up, head over to mybookie.ag. Check out that online casino. Use a promo code SGP to play win and get paid. Hashtag digits only <laughs> look who's back. Bespoke post, baby. I got my uh, I got my sweet duffel bag from Bespoke Post. Can't wait to take it to Vegas. It's high quality. Bespoke Post is awesome. It's one of these uh, you know monthly box of the month services. The cool thing is, it, it's stuff that uh, I, I think hashtag Dejans only will really enjoy. Barware, cooking tools, outdoor gear. They got a hatchet. Uh, you know, they got a bunch of like cool whiskeys, decanters, all different kinds of cool stuff that I know you guys will like. Each box only costs 45 bucks, but it's got $70 worth of gear. It's pretty simple. Each month you get an email like, Hey, this is the box that's coming. You can either pick a different box or say, Hey, I'm not feeling the box this month. All you have to do is go to boxofawesome.com, Take a little quiz. They'll uh, recommend some boxes to you. I actually just got my daddy mini portable keg from uh from these guys for Father's Day. I know he's going to love it. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com, enter the code SGP at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code SGP for 20% off your first box. And uh just one more shout out before we get to the Jim McMahon interview and uh this is perfect uh for Jimmy Mac. He uh, talks in the interview about how uh, cannabis and CBD have helped him in his recovery. CBD is a part of your routine. Check out cushy dreams. That's right. Shipping legally in all 50 States. I got to do go to cushydreams.com. promo code S G P get 15% off cushydreams.com promo code S G P smokable CBD. I like the uh, creative pre-rolls, very sharp, very tight pre-roll. Uh, cushy CBD has you covered there. Kramer, what are your thoughts? I know you're living that CBD lifestyle. Yeah, it's all about that rage. I'm kidding. Peace and love, bro. Peace and love. <laughs> there is no rage strain of no. CBD. Peace, creative, a uh, lot of different fun ones there. And it's looks like weed, feels like weed, but it's the it's the CBD experience. Smoke your CBD because you can. Just go to cushydreams.com, promo code SGP. Joining us on the line, Super Bowl champ quarterback Jim McMahon. Jim, how's this Friday treating you? Oh, it's actually going very well right now. I got a little overcast sky here in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. 
brought the heat down a little bit. It's only about a hundred right now. So it feels pretty good. <laughs> we have, we have e- equal weather out here in sunny California, getting rained on a little bit, but I, you know, as you state, it is nice to get wet a little bit once in a while. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> exactly. What's a, what's a summer day like for Jim McMahon? You, you out there hitting the links. Actually, I've played uh, two rounds of golf the last three months. You know, with all this, you know, BS cope stuff going on, and uh, you know, I've just been around my house, working around my yard, and trying to get things set up so I can, uh, if I eventually sell this thing here shortly, uh, you know, I'll get a little more money out of it. There you go, Flip, flipping houses with Jim McMahon. That could be its own uh, reality show. Are you? Are I'm you- not flipping. I'm. I'm not real handy with the electrical and stuff. I'm more of a good guy, you know, manual labor, digging ditches and cutting down <laughs> trees. Stuff. I like it. You're a blue collar, uh, blue collar guy. And my then- dad told me, don't mess with electricity. It will get you burned. <laughs> I tried, yeah. I tried it once. I ended up across the room. So I won't do that again. <laughs> now, uh, you know, it sounds like you're like us. You were, you're trapped inside. Were you watching some of that? Uh, the Michael Jordan documentary? I mean, that's gotta be interesting for you because uh, you were you you were kind of a king of the Chicago as well, you know, for, in the football area, similar time as Jordan. What was it like, kind of uh, reliving those times in the documentary? I actually saw, I think, uh, three of the uh, three out of the ten. And like you say, I I was actually living there at the time. I was going, you know, I was right in the middle of all that. Uh, MJ and I, we you know, we played a lot of golf together, and uh, he was over my house playing pool and. Uh, you know, so I've known him for a long, long time, and uh, it was great to see that. You know, relive some of those memories. I mean, the guy is unbelievable. I heard there was a. I, I saw this in an interview or something that Jordan tried to uh, tried to bet you a million dollars in a round of golf. Is that true? Only on the back nine. <laughs> <laughs> what did he try to do on the front nine? Well, he was losing on the front nine. That's why he wanted to bet million on the back. And uh, I would have loved to have done it because I was actually playing pretty well back then. But uh, I told him, I said, dude, I don't even have a million dollars for one. I said, I played for the bears. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I said, for some odd reason, you'd somehow get lucky you know, or get hot on the back and, and I'd, I'd lose that back. I said, my kids won't go to college. So no, <laughs> I keep up in the hundred dollar Nassau bet. I think we had going. I said, that's a, that's a big enough bet for me. Did you end up? Did you end up winning that back nine then? Uh, I don't know what happened on the back nine, but I ended up winning for the day, so that was good. Yeah, I know as a gambler that would have killed me if uh, if if you end up winning, you're like, oh my god, I could have had Jordan's million dollars. But uh, I mean, that's awesome that you still came out up ahead. Uh, speaking of uh, you know your time with the Bears, there's a great photo of you. I, I think it probably was like the first day of training camp. You're checking into training camp. You're also bringing. It looks like a, co- a couple coolers of Bud Light. Did you uh, did you go pretty hard in your your uh, Chicago days? Well, training camp, you needed something to replenish the fluid. And, uh, <laughs> you're yeah. out there in that heat twice a day, man. You lose a lot of bodily fluids, and and you know I I noticed early on that most of the guys that were getting cramps at dinner and and on the field. The guys were getting catering and stuff up with all the you know whatever they put in that. And the guys that drink beer, it didn't seem to cramp up much. So I, I made sure I always had plenty of beers. I like that. You got to stay hydrated with some Bud Light. That's a good teammate. 
I don't know. Yeah, it might have been Bud Light. Whoever was giving out beer, that's what I had. Uh, <laughs> you're like you're like us. If it's free, it's for me. Who was the uh, who yeah. was, who was I mean you had you play with some legendary characters there. Who was the biggest drinker of like that eighty five Bears squad? Like I could I could just imagine the fridge. Uh, if you're hanging out with him at night, he could put down like a thirty pack himself. Who was the <laughs> who was like the big drinker oh. of the group? About fifteen minutes probably, but <laughs> Uh, yeah, fridge, fridge could put them away. Uh, we had a lot of guys that, that like to put them away. McMichael was, uh, he, he liked hard liquor more. Uh, I remember Mikey Hartenstein, one of our defensive ends loved his beer. Uh, yeah, we had a lot of guys. Hey man, you know, you get, you gotta, you gotta have a little fun there at night. And I know, I know you went to college at BYU and, and I look back at my college experience at Penn state, a lot of party and hanging out. And and BYU very strict with the off-field uh, rules in regards to any sort of you know drinking or any kind of uh, extracurricular activity. What was it like going to BYU and and still being a stud athlete? Uh, Friday nights and Saturdays were awesome. We got <laughs> to play. Uh, the rest of the week was was tough. I mean, I I, I grew up in Northern California, up in San Jose, and so I, I grew up with the brothers of the Mexicans, and. I'd never even heard of a Mormon until I moved to Utah, which which happened to be my junior year in high school. Well, that that's really that sucks too, having to move in the middle of your high school. But um, what really frustrated me was my older brother got to stay and finish his senior year in California. And since I had two years left in a and a police record, I had to get out of the state, I guess. So I moved to Utah and uh, <laughs> played my last ball there, and then ended up at BYU, which is you know. It's, it was not what what most people had uh, colleges college life was like. I mean, it was no, nowhere near what other colleges were. Unless it was maybe Oral Roberts or something like that. But do you think that perhaps that was like a blessing in disguise because Lavelle Edwards was the coach of BYU? So when you got there, you know, like it, we we just recently had June Jones and uh and and Mike Leach and Hal Mummy on. They they all come from that tree in a way. They all studied. Lavelle Edwards. Do you think that really helped you as a quarterback going to play for Lavelle Edwards? Well, there's no doubt about playing in that offense was that prepared me to play in the NFL. I mean, it was the best offense I'd ever played in. And, and still after playing on seven different proteins, it was the best offense I played for. Uh, it was a very simple offense. People talk about it being a complicated deal. It was not complicated at all. I mean, everybody was on the same page. You know, the linemen knew what the what the backs and the receivers did. The receivers and backs knew what blocking assignments the linemen had. I mean, these are the kind of quizzes they would give you during the week, so that we'd appreciate what everybody else did. Uh, it's not all about the guys scoring the touchdowns. It's the guys up front that, you know, without those guys doing their job, nobody gets anything done. So it was uh, it was great that everybody was on the same page, and it was it was a hell of a lot of fun. I mean, throwing the ball. You know, we threw it then in you know the late seventies. Like they're doing it now in the pros. I mean, I wish I could have done that when I got to Chicago, but I got there and we were running football team. Yeah, was, you know, it wasn't bad handing off to Walter Payton, but I would have liked to throw the ball a hell of a lot more. Yeah, I was just about to ask you that. You know, you were you were you were with Buddy Ryan and Mike Dick, a very conservative offenses, and you know we like I said we just had June Jones on and stuff, and I I, I sat there and watched your highlights, uh, watched that SMU game you know, studying up for this. And I'm sitting there like, gosh, you could throw the ball all around. I could only imagine what would have happened if you would have went to Houston or the K gun in Buffalo or something like that. Do you, or, or anything going currently now? So do you actually 
like wish you would have played in today's era as opposed to then? Uh, no. Why is no, that? Today's era is, well, it's, you can't even get near the quarterback anymore for one. It's not, <laughs> might as well be a seven on seven session the way it's going right now. <laughs> you know, where do you hit anybody anymore? It's ridiculous. But, uh, and then plus, you know, with all this social media, yeah, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have done too well. Social media maybe not been kind of the you know eighties and nineties uh, Jim McMahon. Now uh, you you cut you did play with two of some of the the best all time defenses the ninety one Eagles and the uh, and the eighty five Bears. I, I'm an Eagles fan, and to me that ninety one Eagles season that's like a great what if because Randall goes down that first game. You come in, you play really well. Uh, you you lead the team to an eight and three record, but then you're also injured. Uh, I mean, the team goes 10 and six cause they, you know, they couldn't, they, I think they lost three or four games when you weren't uh, when you were injured, this was a great uh, quote though. Uh, you had a, you basically had a bruised heart in the 91 season. You broke five ribs and had a bruised heart still played. I, I think that kind of speaks to your character and, and you're talking about how the games change. I can't imagine any player playing right now with a bruised heart, but walk us through that 91 season. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Like you said, they that was the closest defense that I'd ever seen to R eighty five. And in some some aspects I think they were even better than our eighty five team. Uh before I even get on to that, our eighty six defense was actually better than the eighty five defense statistically, without Buddy Ryan. And so that should tell you what, what kind of players that we had in the eighty six season, which we were fourteen and two that people tend to forget. But anyway, but 91 was, yeah, Randall goes down in the first game and it happened to be up in Green Bay where I love to play because we played against him twice a year for seven years when I was with the, with the Bears. We ended up winning that game and going on and you know, we, I got injured again. Uh, I blew my knee out and then my elbow was, I had a torn, torn tendon and a broken bone in my right elbow that they kept telling me was tendonitis. So I was fighting through that all year, um, but our defense was, was unbelievable. Uh, Jerome Brown, Reggie White, Seth Joyner. I mean, Eric Allen. I mean, go on and on and on. These guys were were great players. Uh, if we could have helped them at all, I mean, if we win one of those games when I was hurt, yeah, we could just win one. We're in the playoffs because we. I think we made the uh, halfway point. I believe we were three and five. And I told Richie Kotite at the time. I said we have to win all eight games, but we're not going. And he yeah. said, no, we went. We went ten games. We'll go to the playoffs. And I said, you know, at the time, uh, I think Washington and the Giants were ahead of us in the in our, in our division. I said they don't take three people from the same division. You got to win all these eight. And ended up we were ten and six, and we didn't win or didn't even go to the playoffs. So, but yeah, they were they were a really fun defense to watch. Great guys, and uh, wish we could have helped them out a little bit more. Yeah, I mean it's unfortunate because you're right. If you just get to eleven and five and you get in the playoffs with that defense and with you healthy at the helm, I, I think that ninety one team would have had a had a real chance to to make a run at it. I always remember though, uh I, I think ninety one, you rocked that black visor with the Eagles. Were you one of the first uh players to wear that, you know, the the face helmet uh visor there? Uh I don't know. I was one of the first, but I just know that, you know, as soon as they came out, I was getting one because, uh, you know, I've had an eye problem since I was six years old. So anytime I can put on some shades to cover up my iris and I'm going to do that. And uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed playing with that on. 
uh, <clears throat> made things a lot easier. They didn't know where the hell you were looking for one. I don't think they knew where I was looking anyway, because most of the time my right eye was closed. So. <laughs> Wait, you played? You played a lot of times with your eye closed, and you just used your left eye. Well, any any type of light hurts my eye because I, I stuck a fork in it when I was six years old. <clears throat> it went right in the middle of my eye, back and nicked my iris. I mean, oh, nicked man. my retina. And uh, so they had to do a lot of repair work on just saving my eye at the time. And this was 1965, so the guy did a hell of a job back then just to even save it. And then um, over the years, I just I got used to playing without really – I had no depth perception. Uh, the right side of the field was pretty much a blur to me. And uh, I, I would usually get – when I got hit in the pocket, it was usually from from my right side, which should, I should be able to see. But that was my blind side. I could see the guy over my left shoulder from my left tackle, but – I got hit a lot from the right because I couldn't see from the right side, but people never figured that out. I think they thought I was just BSing when I was wearing sunglasses. So Jim, you were talking about, uh, you know, kind of feeling that pressure from your left shoulder. You took a lot of hits over the years and uh, you know, had a lot of issues with your health after, after the game was over. I know you've, you've been a big advocate for using cannabis and CBD as part of your recovery. Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, it's been a, a godsend for me and a lot of other people. I'm glad it's finally, you know, people are finally getting the truth about it. We've been lied to over a hundred years about this. Uh, our government's had a patent on it for over 75 years. They knew how good it was, but here in this country, they don't want you healthy. You know, they want you taking their pills and, and, uh, you know, just being part of the herd and not, not mentioning anything, not, not speaking up, but I've been an advocate since 1973 when I enjoyed my first joint and uh, <laughs> I've been ever since, but I didn't know how good it was for my body until probably about 10, 12 years ago. Uh, I met a, a doctor out of Boston, Dr. Uma Donna Ballin. She speaks all over the world about this. She's a Harvard trained doctor and uh, she's taught me more about the plant and what it does to the body. And I said, doc, all I know is it made me feel good, made me eat, made me sleep. And she said, that's what it's supposed to do. You know, we have receptors up and down our spine and in our brains for this plant. Uh, and, um, you know, we were supposed to be using this, but you know, our government pushes their pills because big pharma pretty much runs this place. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of sad. Did you feel like when you went to the, the trainer after a game and said, Oh, my shoulders sore, my back sore, would they just kind of push opiates on you? Did you feel pressure to take a uh, pain medication while you were playing? Oh, I had to take pain medication to play. I mean, that was, there was times where like, you, you know, we talked about earlier, I, I, you know, my ribs and my elbow, my knees. I mean, I had so many painkillers in before the game that I, you know, I didn't feel much during the game, but after when it wore off, it was, it was not, not real pleasant. And that's the thing about those things. You know, they're very addictive. They, they just keep you in a fog. Um, you know, I couldn't sleep very well. I didn't eat very well when I was on them. Uh, you can't even go to the bathroom. That's the bad part. No, oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but cannabis has been, you know, this, I, I tell everybody, for those who believe, I said, this is God's gift to us. I mean, it's a way, that's why it, it, it's so pungent because back in the day, people had to find it to heal themselves. And uh, we're finally waking up here and, and around the world to realize how good this plan is for you. Now, as far and as. NFL is that they'll push all the opiates on you that, you know, that you can, that you want, 
but to go home and try to sleep, you can't even, you know, smoke a bowl. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm changing now too. Yeah, it, it is very weird. The NFL stance now, especially because in uh, what, like half the States it's legalized <laughs> and still it's illegal in the NFL. And, and they're still just kind of staying, staying true to the, uh, the opiate angle. What do you think the NFL can do to kind of put players in a better spot when it comes to CTE and being able to treat their body? Well, they're always telling the players you're responsible for what you put in your body, right? Some guys get suspended for something that they that was in a cough medicine or something like that, something ridiculous. But they don't test for the opioids that they pass out all the time. But uh, you know what they're doing? I mean, they're they you know the awareness is a lot lot more uh, out there. You know, they got the little tent they get they bring guys. I don't even know what the hell they do in the tent. But. <laughs> Hang out, throw a little party in there. Yeah, it's just I don't I don't even know what their protocol is. So, but they are trying to protect people. But it, it's a violent game, and people are going to get hurt. And and it's just I was just saying, hey, just take care of the people that have played the game, that have made the game what it was. The NFL was struggling back in the early '80s, and I think you know a lot, hear this a lot. You know, the Bears and those in the mid to late '80s really captured a lot of people around the country and, and, and kind of brought football back and uh, to where it is now, these guys, I went through two strikes and these guys are making, you know, a hundred million dollars a year now. So it's, it's nuts that uh, they, they just don't take care of the guys that, that made the league what it is. Yeah. You no, know, once you're out the league, you're on your own. You, you got to get your own insurance or this and that. And uh, I couldn't even get insurance for the first 10 years I was out of the league because every part of my body was excluded. So if I would have bought it, you know, I couldn't even have paid for it. So I had to go 10 years without a surgery. And uh, as soon as that 10 year period uh, ended up, I got my knee done and my shoulder done again. Cause I, I couldn't sleep at all. Now in your estimation, obviously, obviously the NFL has had some egregious oversight when it comes to the way they take care of their, their former players. But do you think, is that be, I mean, obviously the NFL is at fault, but how much of this falls on the players union? Well, I think a lot goes there too. Uh, you know, I remember talking to Roger Goodell and uh, Mr. Smith, I believe it is. Yep. Uh, quite a few years back, right after I'd first seen the doctors that I'm still seeing back in New York um, about my head and about my neck and tell them about the concussion issues. And uh, I said, every player and every you know team should be listening to this guy. And as soon as I met, and they said, well, where does he practice this and that? What is he, is he a neurosurgeon? I said, no, he's a chiropractor. And then the conversation stopped. He said, oh, no, no, we just paid Harvard $100 million to do this study. I said, yeah, study this guy's already done 25 years. And he's, this guy speaks all over the world. And, uh, you know, they told me over the phone, these are the guys that found me. I didn't find them after that sports illustrated came out when I was on the cover and, and um, they said, come to New York. We think we know what's wrong with you. And uh, sure enough, they sat me down, explained to me what you know they thought was wrong. And as soon as they put me in the MRI, their conclusions were correct. I had uh, stoppages in my neck and in my head that were not allowing my uh, spinal fluid to flow properly and was backing up. And when that stuff sits on your brain, they, they believe that's is what causes a lot of the CTE because it just eats away at the brain. And um, so they, they, they have this machine. It's called the IGAT machine. I think it's called uh, image guided Atlas treatment. You know, your Atlas bone is supposed to be sitting 
I think perpendicular to the spine. And when they found mine, it was almost, almost straight up and down. So it was, I had Jeez. a lot of issues going on. A lot yeah. of the issues that these killing themselves do. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's good to hear that. I mean, you're certainly sound like you're uh, like you're on a uh, healthier track right now. And that's great to hear. I think what, Oh, I was always a big fan of was not only the way you played the game, but you're, you kind of brought a sense of humor. And I think a lot of other fans enjoyed that one incident in particular, you got uh, I think you got fined like $5,000 for wearing an Adidas headband. Uh, the then commissioner Pete Roselle fined you five grand. And then the next week, instead of not wearing a headband, you wore a headband without a logo, but instead Roselle written on the headband. What was that like? Well, it was I was pointing out the ridiculousness of of the fine for one. I've been wearing that headband for a while. Uh, I don't know how many years, but and all of a sudden it was a big deal because we're in the playoffs. And I found out later or, that uh, the only reason I got fined was because Adidas wasn't paying the NFL at the time. And they said that I was giving them free advertising. And I said, well, I've been wearing it, you know, for a year and a half, two years. Nothing, not, not a word was said to me, but now it's a big deal. Cause we're in the playoffs. And so they did, they find me the five grand in the uh, division of playoff game. So then right before kickoff in the, um, was the NFC championship game. Uh, I was sitting there right in front of my locker thinking, what, what can I do? I mean, what can I write on there? I really wanted to write a few other things. But, <laughs> uh, I thought, hell, I'll just put his name on, see what he says. Yeah, how can you get so, mad at that? So as I was coming out of the tunnel, I remember Madden was doing the game, and I, I just kind of lifted my helmet, let him see it, started laughing, and uh, I didn't get fined. Uh, he actually called me the next week and thanked me for the free advertising. <laughs> so, so for the Super Bowl, you know, I got sent probably thousands of headbands from all all across the country, you know, with just people's names on them, you know, Fred, Joe. Uh, <laughs> And I was, and I had gotten somehow I had gotten a hold of the rule book. You know, we had two weeks before the Super Bowl, so I'm I'm just thumbing through this thing, trying to find out the section on why I got fined, and there was nothing in there. And so I thought, you know what, I, I think I got them now. So I decided I was going to wear all charities uh, during the Super Bowl. I figured if they if they find me for charities, they're, they're going to look like idiots. So. And, and Adidas had offered me a good chunk of change to, to wear the headband. And I said, look, I can't wear it on my head, but I have a good idea. I said, you'll be able to see it proudly. You know, everybody will be able to see it. And uh, what happened was that I had the regular Adidas one on in the pregame warmup. And the head referee was chasing me around the field. Hey, I can't let you on the field with that. <laughs> I said, yeah, I know. And as it comes to the national anthem, you know, I'm standing there with Walter and me, then the head referee. As soon as the anthem was over, I go to put my helmet on and the ref grabs me and says, I, I can't let you on the field. And I looked at him. And I said, yeah, I know, but you can't do squat about this. And I pulled it down around my neck and he just started laughing at me. He goes, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so I, grabbed, I grabbed the first uh, charity, which I believe is uh, juvenile diabetes. Uh, my attorney's son was a diabetic. So I, I threw that on there for him at the start of the game. And then, uh, every series I had different uh, charity. And then at the, I think the final one I had on was Pluto and everybody thought, you know, I'd gone to, I'd gone out of space on them at that point. <laughs> yeah. Just throw, so throw a couple. Actually, 
It was actually the nickname of a, a good per, a friend of mine that I played college ball with, Danny Plater. Uh, he was a wide receiver at BYU. He was actually on the Bears' uh, roster in 80, 84. And they found, a, they found a brain tumor in his head. And so he had just gone through his second operation probably three or four days before that Super Bowl. And that's why I, I put that on there for Pluto. To, that was his nickname. So, <laughs> so you know that uh, I was thinking about him. Now, Jim. Now, now you mentioned uh, Walter Payton there. Uh, the the youth. I feel like you know they always say, and I'm not taking anything away from Barry Sanders, but they always say, "Oh, Barry Sanders is the best back ever." Now, when I put on the highlight tape and I see Walter Payton play, I'm like, "This guy is incredible." What would you say to the youth about Walter Payton? Well, he's he's the best that I saw, and I did. I did. I've seen. Uh, you know, tapes of Jim Brown, who I thought he, he Jim Brown might've been the best ever, but from what I saw personally, uh, um, I, nobody, nobody worked as hard as Walter. Nobody, uh, didn't want to be tackled like Walter Payton. I mean, he did not want to go down. He, you know, I don't think he ever saw him run out of bounds. If he was getting close to the sidelines, he looked somebody up to hit. And he said, they're going to have to tackle me to get me, you know, to get me on the ground. And, uh, I watched him make some of the most amazing 30 yard runs that only gained two yards, especially the first couple of years I was in Chicago because our offensive line was not good at all. And I'd, I'd, I'd hand him the ball and just watch him do these, you know, bounce off person after person. And I thought I was going to get hurt getting in the way sometimes. I, I didn't know where he was going. And uh, it, was, it was just incredible. But he, he never said a word in the huddle. You know, that never said, give me the ball. It was, you know, consummate professional. Uh, Big jokester, great, great teammate. And uh, he was just, you know, people just Google him and watch some of the runs he makes. It's just, uh, it's poetry in motion, actually. Also, the greatest nickname ever. Sweetness, yeah. Tough to beat that. He used to sit in Alice Hall and answer the phones like he was a secretary. People had no <laughs> idea who it was. That's so funny. Yeah, he would do a lot of things that, you know, he was a big jokester, loved his guns. Uh, the poster him and I did uh, Chicago Vice way back in the day. We're, we're in Soldier Field, and and that's his car. I don't know. I, I don't know if it was his Lamborghini or, or Pantera, what, what, whatever it was. And, and then the guns that we had in the shoot were actually his. So oh wow, enjoyed his shooting for sure. Now you talk about jokesters, of course. Uh, you you played for Mike Dicka, uh, kind of a character. Was there any sort of a locker room behind the scenes uh, story of Dicka that really stands out? in your years playing for him? Oh boy. Well, supposedly halftime of the Miami game at 85, the only game we lost that year that supposedly him and buddy took some swings at each other in the, in the back room. <laughs> I, I can't confirm that. I've just heard rumors. Yeah, there was a lot of screaming and yelling, but the funniest one, I think it was 1983. We were playing the Colts and they were still in Baltimore at the time. And uh, we came in after the game and Dick would start on a rant and he turned and he hit the locker. He punched the locker with his hand and, uh, he turned around and you know, he was screaming and, and, and yelling at everybody and he turned around very quietly. And he looked at somebody and said, you say the prayer. And then he walked away. <laughs> he, the he had a cast on his hand. So <laughs> we, we knew he hit the thing hard, but he, but he busted his hand on that. <laughs> that reminds me of a, I had a special teams coach in high school. that did the same thing. He, he punched through a chalkboard and then quietly walked over to the trainer and had the whole hand wrap and 
Yeah, he had a cast on the next day. Yeah, <laughs> just got you know a little out of control. Special teams coaches, I've always found, were kind of the craziest. I actually had this on my list of questions, and and you 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 set it up perfectly. In their prime, who do you think would win a fight, Buddy Ryan or Mike Dicka? Uh, well, I tell you, Mike Dicka was a hell of a lot bigger than Buddy, but you know, Buddy Buddy was a, a war veteran from the Korean War. Uh, I believe he was a sergeant, drill sergeant, or something like that. So, Buddy, uh, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't put it past him, <laughs> even if there was no weapons. Full weapons had, buddy was fine one, I'll bet. <laughs> yeah, he was scrappy, man. He always uh you know, he kinda did with did whatever it took to get the job done and of course punched Kevin Gilbride uh, on the sideline there. Didn't wasn't a clean shot, but he, he definitely uh connected a little bit there with Gilbride. Well, he was uh he was a little upset as he as he should have been. <laughs> I mean those guys all they gotta do is run the ball every play for the next two quarters and they win that game, but that's what uh, buddy was mad about, I guess. <laughs> yeah, class, just super fired up. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I I saw this other as far as like interesting anecdotes. Your time down at the Chargers, uh, I'll I'll let you kind of tell this, but there was a story involving a center, and uh, you you kept saying like, "Hey, we got to use the shotgun. We got to use the shotgun." They wouldn't. They kept wanting you to go under center. Something happened, and you were eventually able to use the shotgun. Can you walk us through this one? Well, we never did get to the shotgun, but <laughs> what happened, uh, Dan Henning, our head coach had just come from the Redskins in Washington and they, they didn't believe in the shotgun at the time. Joe Gibbs it was not a big fan of it. And, uh, you know, I always loved it to get away that way. They, the lineman could not step on my feet if I was five yards back. And then, um, so I can't even remember who we were playing, but it was a rookie center, a hell of a player. Uh, but he was, he was also on the kickoff return team. So they're kicking off to us. I think, yeah, I think, I don't know if there was a, there was a run back or was fair caught or, or uh, we get it at the 20. I can't remember, but as I'm coming into the huddle, the center grabbed me and he says, Hey, I'm sorry, but if your hand starts to smell, it's because I just crapped my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I just turned around, started walking to the sideline. I burned a timeout. It gave me the start. And Henning, of course, was upset, you know, yelling up and down at me. And, and I said, look, you know, this is exactly why we need the shotgun formation. <laughs> you avoid this accident and I'm not sticking my hands in there for a while. So until he cleans it out. And so uh, he left the game. Didn't he didn't even go to the locker room. I guess he just, the trainers, you know, circle around the and he did his business and he ended up coming back in the game. But I tell you, my hand stunk for about two weeks after that one. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh. I mean, this is why you have Jim McMahon on. You get some of these, some of these stories they don't, uh, they don't normally have in the NFL films. This wasn't in the Sports Illustrated article. <laughs> Real quick, your your thought on the 2020 Bears? I know uh, they brought in Nick Foles. Any any sort of thought as as who the Bears should start when it comes to either Trubisky or Foles? What what, what would you do if you were coaching the Bears? Uh, that's what I'm good. I'm not a coach. I mean, I wouldn't, those guys have a thankless job, man. I, I like what uh, coach Nagy's doing up there. I think they got a hell of a team. They, they're young. They got a lot of talent. And uh, I think Foles is really going to help them whether he starts or not. You know, his experience, he's already won a super bowl. So he's been around. Yeah. He, he's been in that offense. It was the same offense that he had in Philadelphia. 
Peterson came from Kansas City, as did Nagy uh, under Andy Reid, my old center in college. I'm not center. He was my uh, tackle in college. But uh, I think they're, you know, whoever starts, they've got a, they've got a pretty good shot. I, I thought last year they were, I think they were actually picked to go to the Super Bowl last year after the year before. And uh, they were, everybody in Chicago, I know, is disappointed with the year they had. But I think they'll be better with Foles, whether or not he starts. I don't know. And I, you know, I'd have to sit there and see him in a meeting, see him on the field in the practice field, see him in a in a game situation to see what you know how they actually react. And, you know, some guys just don't do well when the game starts. They're they're great practice players and do everything right in the, in the meeting rooms, but when they blow the whistle, sometimes that that doesn't translate. So. Yeah, that's kind of where Foles shines though when he when he gets out there and he, he almost does better as a backup. Well, Jim, appreciate uh, appreciate you calling in. Appreciate the time. Make sure you uh, give Jim a follow on Twitter at Jim McMahon. Thanks a lot, Jim, and uh, have a great weekend. Okay, guys, you too. Take care. Can't wait to have uh, Jim McMahon back on. Love that he answered the Buddy Ryan versus uh, Mike Dicka. I I think that's how I expected the answer to go. Dicka has the size and the reach, but you don't underestimate Buddy Ryan and his scrappiness. Fought in Korea. Yeah. I yeah, mean, you think he, guy who fought in the Korean War is going to be scared of Mike Ditka? No, thank you. It's a little like the Doug Marone Jalen Ramsey conversation, right? Like Jalen Ramsey, active NFL player, but Doug Marone, massive human being, yeah. giant dude. All right, before we uh, wrap things up here, want to give a shout out to Ace per Head. That's right. Think about uh, starting your own sportsbook, starting your own business. The economy's back, jobs are back, the stock market through the roof. Perfect time to start your own sports. Business. All you got to do is go to aceperhead.com/sgp. Get set up. Get ready to go. NBA is going to be going live here. NFL right around the corner. You can even take NFL future bets. I uh, have a friend who uh, uses this Aceperhead locally. Loves it. Said very easy to use. He's not a huge computer guy, much like uh, Colby Dent. Not a huge computer guy, but he can even use aceperhead.com. <laughs> it's just that easy. And use our link aceperhead.com/sgp. Get up to six weeks free. Aceperhead.com. Man, that was uh it's tough. How would you power rank the stories in the uh Jimmy Mac interview? To me, the 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 center who shit his pants has to be up there. And I wanted to I wanted to drop in with a That is a disgusting <laughs> act. But I knew when you're doing an interview on cell phone, it's tough to crowbar in some sound effects. I just love how it's a guy that you know. Obviously, he's he's suffered some injuries, and 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 we we went through that in the interview. But he, I think he still would prefer to play in the old school NFL. No CTE here, Sean. <laughs> well, I do. I do like his. Uh, you're right. I mean, the dude played with a bruised heart, and I think when you play with a bruised heart, you get your ass kicked. It's it's the same way like if you're in a fraternity, right? If you got hazed and then you see these the next class come up and they're not getting hazed, you're like, "What the hell? I thought we were all yeah. supposed to get hazed." And he brought up a great point too where he was talking uh that he went through two different strikes so that these guys could get these huge contracts. Yeah. So, he's fine with them getting paid, I think, but Hook I, him up. Yeah, but also get your ass kicked so yeah. we can still watch a fun, exciting physical game. And I've never really heard this discussed, and I don't want to dive into the the, the union versus the the NFL. But it, why why has the players' union never solved this problem by matching what the NFL is contributing? Like, why have they? They're making hundreds of millions of dollars. 
dudes like Jim McMahon are clearly affected. Although look, I love him. I love this man because he is a, a, a he's an advocate. He's a uh, well, and he sounds like he's doing a lot better too. Because well, no I, shit, because he's not taking those opiates, Sean. <laughs> Look, we've uh, we we've seen people around us uh, struggle with with opiates before. <laughs> it's not cool. Now, me, I'm just laughing, com- thinking of the person. Co- well, yeah, there's a couple people, but I think we're, we're thinking of the same person. Uh, but there's also just that you know, I. I I don't know. Jim McMahon, productive member of society, loves weed. Dude, he's like Ryan a- Kramer, productive member of society, loves cannabis, loves that cushy coincidence. But no, the, no, but I don't. Between him and Theismann, man, we got like two quarterbacks. See, I always say, like, dude, you know, nowadays quarterbacks, pussies, like Theismann last to wear the face mask. Jim McMahon didn't slide. I miss that. He played Football, with a he man. played with a bruised heart. Yeah, like his rib cage was so broken it damaged his. Literal heart. That yeah. is a quarterback. That, that was that awesome. is a quarterback. That's a leader of your team. And, and that ninety-one season, when I was a kid, that was just so heartbreaking because he's right. Like that defense, and I kind of let him with the uh, question there. I'm like <laughs> that was greatest defense of all time, right, Jim? Say it. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, it was. But I mean, even huh, sometimes you just got to do that. The right? other, the third string guys behind McMahon were so horrible. If the, one of those guys could have pulled out one victory. For that defense, that ninety-one defense, you didn't want to face that team in the playoffs. Listen, Sean, when you're the host of the podcast, you get to ask the personal questions. I mean, <laughs> do you think anyone else gave a shit if Bud Foster said yes, we would have beaten USC because Xavier DB was shutting down Reggie Bush? Other than me, no, of course not. But I, I still wanted to hear that's, him say it. that's flexing the rank, right? I thought I thought you were going to bring up you crowbarring in your uh, your Madden yeah, second, second place <laughs> team using Jim Morris. I wanted to give him credit. He Jim was Morris my coach. <laughs> <laughs> Although I mean, candidly, yeah, you know, anyway, we're we're getting down the wrong path. Let's let's move on. Let's get back to uh, Mr. McMahon. No, no, McMahon was awesome, and uh, yeah, big thanks to Colby helping out with these guest bookings. Office manager Colby, hey, man, let's let's keep it up, man. <laughs> and of yeah. course, uh, tune in. We're going hardcore in the Sims in June. Thursday, Friday, Madden Sims. Saturday, Sunday, college football Sims. Got the college football tournament going. It's all happening. So much football content. Kramer and I are going to be breaking. Uh, we're going to start getting our fantasy stuff going. Early jump with the fantasy stuff. Top ten fantasy player podcast. Well, and a little, little like just tug behind the curtain. And I, I would imagine we'll be starting up a like a dedicated to season long fantasy channel over mm. at Slack dot soon because back behind the scenes in the Dirk Darty, the Dirk, the the dark. Layers of the SGPN <laughs> offices, we've established the commissioner's office, and we will be creating some form of uh, awesome keeper big boy league. And I, I think we should reserve a couple spots for some some DGENs. Well, and, and uh, it's going to be SGPN podcast personalities, SGPN writers. Uh, let's see, what do we call them? May, DGEN, may, oh, maybe DG- Jimmy Mac. I think I would expect to see a Dick Olson. Oh, there we go. Joining the crowd. I would expect to see a Boston capper joining the crowd. So stay tuned for that. I, I Sean, w- that's what management's going to approve, right? We got to We got to give out a couple, <laughs> yeah, a couple we'll, fan we'll spots. Out, we'll maybe. give out a couple one, spots. Do we do one or two fan spots hit up at gambling podcast about why we should, why you should be let in the <laughs> behind the scenes, employees, friends of the program only. Uh, Dynasty and, League. Tweet and just us so everyone's clear, Topher Squints. 
Yes. At Topher Squints. He will be the commish. So all complaints. Mm. AKA Chris Giordani, our DFS stuff. This is a very K- quarter baked idea, but it's coming. Can we go? Sorry, Sean. This is the only way to gain momentum is just to throw it in the deep end. You know, <laughs> this is what I tell my kids. We didn't learn how to swim the right way. We were thrown in the deep end. Suck it up. Uh, quick anecdote. I was, uh, I was not, you know, I was kind of messing with the, with the kids. We were at a, uh, we rented a place with a pool over the weekend or this past week. And uh, you know, one of the things that I might've been done to me when I was a kid was like, we would just do things to make sure we were drown proof, right? Like get tugged underwater real quick, make sure. And uh, you know, doesn't work with little girls oh. <laughs> crying and water you know, boredom. I'm a huge ass. I wonder Jim McMahon's opinion on that, man. He's probably agreeing with you, man. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Let's get to it. So yeah, if you want to be involved in the uh, keeper dynasty league, big boy, I hear it might stakes. be, a, there might be a super flex in there. It's, oh, wow. it's going to get crazy. Are we Kramer? We, we should talk about this. Are we going to be on one team or two separate teams? That there's two angles here. One, it's nice to beat you in fantasy and talk a bunch of shit. Well, it won't two, happen. It involves <laughs> it involves me doing a lot more fantasy work, which I'm already I'm already bailing on a couple well, leagues. Here's the thing. <laughs> we'll we'll see what kind of uh, demand there is. Perhaps we can consolidate uh, for both of our best interests because I do have a new personal policy for those out there wondering. Hey, real money Kramer, I'm hearing that you're already doing some of these best ball leagues. Those I can do by myself because you don't need to manage them, but new rule for Kramer enterprises this year. No solo fantasy teams, period. Wow. No solo fantasy teams, period, which means I might be partnering with my, uh, with one of the children that that could be the the loophole. I, I, uh, I I I see what you're doing there, but yeah, I think we're going to be on the same team, Sean. Let's not. All right. And, and it frees up one more spot for the listeners. So we'll see though. We'll state your case as to why you should be in the hashtag legends only dynasty league. Tweet us at gambling podcast. Thank you for participating in the sports gambling podcast for the sports gambling podcast. I'm Sean stacking the money green and he is Ryan jumbo June (laughs) Kramer. Let it ride.